Welcome to the Creative Club Podcast. You're here with John Marsh. And if you're a coach or creative business owner, this is your show to learn the key skills you need to attract dream clients, grow your business, and build confidence. If you're in small business, somewhere along the line, you will have learned that you need to know a little bit about the people that you serve, your dream clients. Maybe you do workshops, maybe you do a group program, maybe you do one-to-one offering, and you will have realized that you need to really understand what this person's about, this this dream client of yours, what they really want, where they want to go in life, what the challenges are that they're facing right now, how you can help them overcome those challenges and get where they want to go, and some of their limiting beliefs or reasons why they might be resistant or might hold back. Now, a lot of people, when they start out in business, they fill out something called a niche sheet or like a set of questions to help them understand their dream client at a deeper level. Quite often, these sheets will ask you things like, where does your dream client live? What's their name? How old are they? Uh, And some basic kind of psychographic questions as well. But often, we need to go much, much deeper And not only deeper, but we need to do this exercise a lot more frequently as well. Because as you know, if you're listening to this, the culture changes, the environment changes, the the zeitgeist, the way that we're talking in the culture changes very, very quickly, especially in 2021. So as a service provider, a big part of our job is to stay in tune with the culture to keep informed, right, to keep our ear to the ground and understand how the people we want to serve are feeling, what's going through their minds right now, what are they dealing with right now. In this episode, we're going to look at three crystal clear ways that you can understand your dream client at a deeper level. We're going to learn to build empathy for your dream client at a deeper level, and you're going to be able to use this in your marketing and your content and in your service delivery, even in your offerings straight away. The first method that we're going to uncover is called uh, active listening. So we'll show you how to set up little appointments with the dream client, with the person you want to help and actively listen and literally learn to hear the specific language that they're using and use this in your messaging. Number two, we're going to talk about how you can use online platforms and forums, things like Reddit, and how to go into the comment section and uncover what people are actually saying right now. And then finally, we'll show you how to talk to the partners or friends of your dream clients. You know, when I think about my wife, Ruby, she would know a lot of insights about me as a potential buyer or a potential client for another business that I wouldn't even know about myself potentially. So we'll show you how to uncover a lot of really cool insights by talking to the friends, the peers, uh, other people in the group uh, of the person that you want to serve. Let's jump into the episode. You're here with John Marsh, and this is the Creator Club Podcast. So back in 2009, we owned this running shoe store 
in Crow's Nest, which is kind of in the northern part of Sydney. And we'd opened up not too long ago. So the first couple of months in this new business was super tight. We didn't really know that many people in the area. We didn't really know anything about marketing. We were kind of just going for it. And so at that stage, you know, you've got a, a lease on this retail space. You're paying for stock. Uh, basically, you've got a bunch of expenses and not a lot of customers. So every single customer that came through was super important. I know, you know, it always is. However, at this stage, it was like each person meant the world to us because it was a sign that, you know, the business could keep going. And I remember this one day, a woman walked in and she had a note in her hand and she walked through our sliding doors up the little steps and as soon as the customers would walk in, I'd always say, hello, how are you doing? And kind of welcome them into the space. And she came up to the counter and this note she had was a referral note. So we used to do a lot of business with, you know, podiatrists, uh, chiros, physiotherapists, people who would help their patients or their clients with injuries and overcoming injuries. And then they would send them to us for a specific kind of shoe. And then we would help to fit them in the shoe. And so I went out the back. She gave me her note and she said, I'm looking for these shoes. I went out the back and I found the shoes. There were some ASICs. Uh, I think they were called back then 2120, something like that. And so I brought the shoes out and I started to help. She took a seat and we were fitting the shoes. And I started to ask her about her running. And she said that she trained locally. And she used to run up this hill all the time. It was called Spit Hill. And Spit Hill is on the way over towards the northern beaches. So it's kind of heading up towards Manly. It's a sort of steep hill. And she started to tell me about uh, every time, every day when she got to this hill, she would put on this certain playlist of music and crank up the volume. And so the song would hype her up and she'd get through the hill a little bit easier and get over to the top and, you know, it sort of pumped her up and got her adrenaline going so that she could conquer Spit Hill. And so she told me about the music. I asked her what her playlist was and we got to talking about music. Eventually she bought the shoes and went on her way. She came back a few months later and again, she was lit up, told me about her running. She'd, you know, gotten better. The shoes were great and still had the same playlist from Spit Hill. And when I was driving home that first night for me to get home, I had to drive past this Spit Hill and I saw two or three groups of other runners. I still remember who were going up the same exact hill. Uh, kind of in a, you know, a spread out bunch, these two different uh, groups, and they all had headphones in. And back then it was, you know, your I, your iPod shuffles, this kind of stuff. And they all had the headphones in going up the hill. And so I thought, okay, this one person's teaching us something that people are listening to music, which, you know, seems obvious, but they particularly have this one hill. It means a lot to them. And they probably all have a playlist that they listen to. So I started to ask people in the store about what the song was. What's this Spit Hill song? What's the playlist? And we would always talk to people about their training. But what happened was we found a, a newer level of depth. We had a new level of resonance 
in the mind with the people we wanted to work with, our customers. This brought us a lot closer. As soon as I'd asked them what their playlist was, if I found out where they trained, they lit up and they'd tell me about their favorite song and you know the tempo and how it helped them get up the hill and they used the same song in races. And this was just one example of understanding the market at a deeper level. And today we're gonna to talk a little bit about this because in marketing, in your small business, uh, they call it the three M's. So there's, there's this classic three M's of marketing, which is the market, the message, and the medium. And the market is the group of people that you serve. And this is your target audience or your ideal client, the people that you love to work with in your service business or your coaching business or your creative business. They're the people you want to help. And the message is what you say to these people. So you might do a Facebook post or an Instagram post or write a blog post. And the message or the messaging is what you actually are saying. You know, it could be the headline. It could be the actual copy. It could be what you want to talk about in your message. Uh, and then the medium is where you say it. So it's like, all right, I'm going to do this on Facebook. I'm going to do this on print media. Back in 2009, uh, in social media was very much going. I didn't, I wasn't on it. So we would do flyer drops. That was our medium back then. Even print advertising we did. So the that third M, the medium makes up the, the three Ms of marketing, market, message, and medium. Now, today there's a huge emphasis on the second two message which which is what you say you know there's you could do a google search right now how to you know how to write better headlines for your advertisements or you know how to write better copy and you'd get millions of reviews coming back and you know articles to help teach you different tactics and uh, the medium is you know obviously super front of mind for a lot of people they get onto TikTok or they get onto facebook they've got their different mediums all mapped out and they know what they're posting and where but the one that people don't often talk about that's not so kind of sexy is the market and the reason is is because this requires a lot of empathy this is the hardest part but the trick is if we can understand market we can understand the people that you want to work with at a deeper level, it actually will give you your message. It actually will give you your medium. Uh, say you go to write a headline or write a post on something for a marketing campaign. If you understand what's going on in the minds of the people you want to serve, they'll write it for you. They'll help you know exactly what words to use, the tone, the things you want to talk about. So, you know, it's normal in small business for people to do something that's called a niche sheet or a business plan where they're looking at, the, you know, a uh, sort of macro overview of the people you want to help. You might be a personal trainer and you might go, okay, I want to help, you know, middle, you know, middle-aged people get back into fitness. So I want to help uh, young guys get into training. One of the, one of the guys in the creator club right now, we were just on a call earlier. He's helping, he helps, you know, 30 old, 30 year old guys roughly who love surfing, love um, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, love rock climbing, 
get past niggles. So he, they, a lot of times these guys get into training, but they got these lingering niggles and injuries and tension in the body. And so he uses holistic health practices and training uh, breath awareness to help them have the tools to finally release this tension and get back to doing what they love. So you're going to have this group, this niche, and you'll know this at a certain level, right? Like it's essential if you if you don't have a clear niche or a clear uh, market or clear audience, it, it makes it very difficult to grow. So you've got your market, you know, picture, if it helps you right now, you can picture in the mind one of these people, your favorite, you know, your favorite, not to play favorites, but you're one of your great uh, customers or clients that you love to work with. This is your market. And so most people have an idea of this and they filled out some questions. And a lot of times back in the day, the questions were like, you know, male 40, 45 year old, and he's a lawyer and he does this. And people would try to identify their market based on what's called demographics. And now we have psychographics, which of course are like, you know, behavioral patterns and belief systems. And we can use different tools to get a clearer picture on that. But at the end of the day, all of these kind of techniques are really just uh, guesses, you know, they're, they're estimates. And so today we're going to talk about three really clear methods that you can use to test your market to know what's going on in their mind. And, you know, a lot of the stuff even stems back to the old school copywriters. Uh, I, and, you know, it's this concept of entering the conversation in the mind of the people we want to serve. It's understanding the exact narrative that they have. And if we can do this, if we can know the market at that level, then your message comes to you, everything else comes to you, and your marketing gets a lot easier. So... These three things will help you to know this stuff for your market. They'll help you to build more empathy overall. And when you walk away and use them, you'll be able to go into your copywriting or your emails that you're sending out or your Facebook ads, whatever it is. And you'll be able to speak to people shoulder to shoulder, you know, in a lot uh, clearer way, in a way that resonates a lot more. So the first thing that we're going to do now these require work okay they, they're not uh they're not 20 second jobs these do require work however the reward uh is huge it's massive okay so the first one is going to be called active listening and you know if you're listening to this you've probably heard of this concept before but we'll break it down a little bit further so what we mean is you want to you want to come up with let's say three to five people that you love to work with. They could be current clients. It could be past clients. They could be people who you would love to work with, but never have before. You're going to invite them to uh, a coffee or breakfast or walk, something like that. I like to do, I like to go for walks with people and you're going to ask them to tell you some stories. Okay. So you tell some, Hey, tell me some stories about what, uh, what's, going really well for you right now what's working for you what's what do you what are you challenged by right now and then your job is to just close your mouth literally just zip your lips closed and listen to the stories 
And something really interesting happens when we tell stories. We tend to get lost in them. And what you'll notice is that the people that you're listening to will start to get lost in their own stories. They'll start to talk about, you know, some pain they had and then how they went rock climbing and then how their friend Joe was there and then they weren't sure if Joe was going to get up the wall. And your job is to listen to all these tangents in the story. And we're listening for a few things. Uh, we're listening for the, the villains or so the people that they blame or the, the external uh, influences or parts of society that people blame for the challenges that they're having. We're listening for the aspirations and where they want to go, what they would really love. Uh, and you'll hear them say this offhandedly, you know, I'd, I'd love to, I'd really love to do that one day. And then they'll continue with the story. We want to pick that up. So we're listening for the challenges, we're listening for the villains, we're listening for the aspirations or goals, things that they want to do. And we're also listening for just the language, actual words, you know, what the, the words, the terminology is that they actually use. And what we're going to do is we're going to either record this if you can, uh, so if you're at a cafe, just say, hey, look, you know, is it cool if I just set my voice recorder up? Uh, you know, you always give me a lot of insight when we talk. I'd love to just record this from my own reference. Is that cool? Just hit record on the voice memo and then you can get it transcribed. Uh, or if you if that's not appropriate, then when you get back to your desk or your office, literally just sit down and write a bunch of notes, keywords, what phrases, what what did you pick up? What are the small details that you learned? And repeat this for three to five people and you'll have a huge amount of content. You'll have your next marketing campaign set up. You'll have uh, things for your website. You'll have all everything you need will come right from the person that you want to work with. If you know your market, you will know exactly what to say. They'll tell you what to say in your marketing okay so that is by far my favorite deeper market research method is this empathy deep dive or a listening you know a, a listening conversation and we just really have to put the time in it can feel like a lot but think of it this way you know if you spend uh 20 minutes 40 minutes with somebody one, you're going to have a great conversation. You probably have some food or coffee, whatever, go for a walk. But two, you're going to come away with uh, something that could put you months or years ahead in your messaging. Uh, and then your job is to use this in your writing. Okay, let's go to number two. This one is a little bit more foreign for me, to be honest, because I don't spend a lot of time on these places. But number two is you want to go to forums and you want to focus on places where there's an anonymous um, avatar. So, you know, be a little bit, I guess, wary of things like Facebook or Instagram where people, you know, a lot of people are there as themselves. Sometimes they may hold back uh, it, when that's the case. But if you can go to a, a forum, have a look at Reddit, have a look at um, even comments under books and Amazon, these kinds of things. Uh, pick out your top your topic of interest, your area. It could be, you know, personal training. It could be branding, design. Go find a thread 
and look in the comments. And what we're looking to see is the stories that people tell in the comments. And you'll be blown away what you see. You'll, you'll find these people will say things like, you know, I, I bought this book and then my uncle Joe told me about this other book and then I read them together and this one, you know, didn't help me get this and this, but it did help me get this. And I love that because now I can go to the beach with, you know, my daughter. And you'll pick up these amazing stories because people just want to express themselves. And what we're doing is we're listening to them. We're going and having an actual look and seeing what they're gonna what they're trying to say. So it's very close to the first one. Uh, the difference is that this is more of a fly on the wall approach that you're doing in order to understand your market at a deeper level. Same thing goes, copy and paste the comments out or highlight keywords, make some notes around what stood out to you. And that's going to be your uh, deeper market research for this technique. You'll be able to use that in your copy, in your headlines and know exactly what to say. Number three, ask the partners or the friends of the people you want to serve. So you may have an idea of somebody in your head who you love to work with. Maybe you're not able to connect with them or they don't have time, or you maybe know their partner or some of their friends. So ask their friends, you know, uh, I've got a bunch of random stuff that I do at home. I wake up at certain times. I've you know, look at my diary. I've got a green diary for one thing. I've got a black diary for another. I'm just using this example because I can see them right now. But if you were to talk to me about, you know, my, my habits with a diary, for example, I probably wouldn't even think about this stuff. But if you were to talk to Ruby, she might say, yeah, like there's, there's always a diary hanging around or, you know, he's got, he's scribbling in this and he likes a certain pen. The little things are often picked up by the other people around us. And so if you're selling diaries, like your your insights are gonna come really quickly from the people around us. So there's this concept uh, in, in marketing, which is, you know, look at what people do, not what people say. And this is basically that same concept. So if I was to ask you some questions about your habits or your behaviors or wants or beliefs, or do a poll or something like that, you're going to give me a certain answer. If I were to watch you and watch how you're actually behaving and look at your, you know, your patterns online, your pattern, your diary, uh, what you're actually doing, we'll see a different story. And it's, it's very common for these to, you know, not line up or, or there to be a mismatch because what we say is often different to what we do. And it's sort of human nature. So this third method, talking to the partners or the friends of the people that you want to work with, yes, it can still be biased, of course, but what you can often find is that you get a deeper level of insight around, you know, what's keeping this person up at night? What uh, are they worried about? What are they concerned about? Okay, so let's have a quick recap of our three methods to understand what the market's really thinking so that we can use this in messaging and through your content and other areas. 
Number one is to uh, listen to people directly. So set up three to five conversations with your dream clients or past clients that you loved and really listen, ask them what's going on for them and either record it or once you're done, jot a few notes down. Number two, head over to some forums, go to Reddit, go to um, Amazon book reviews, uh, find some threads and look at what people are saying around your area of service. Okay, so if you're a movement coach, go look at what they're saying on the forums. If you're an osteopath, go look at what people are saying when they review you know, a product or when they uh, are on other forums. It could be on physiotherapy-based forums if you think that that could be a similar client for you. Uh, number three was listening to partners and friends. So trying to understand and watch what people actually do, not what they say, by talking to people who are close to them. And those three things are going to give you a lot of insights. Now, what are we really looking for here? What's the overall thing that we're trying to find out uh, in these conversations? Let's say we have a group of questions or, or things to sort of consider as we're listening. Number one would be uh, what is it that they really want? So what does this person want in life? Where are they going? Where are they trying to get to? What are some goals? That's kind of like their desire, right? So they want to grow a business or they want to get strong. Number two is what's like the big challenge, you know, what's not working for them on the way to get there. And you'll find that this could be an internal narrative. It could be, you know, they give up or they're not sure if they can do it or uh, they don't feel that they have time. What's the challenge for them uh, when they try to get what they want? That's number two. Number three, uh, we can go deeper in what keeps them up at night. And hopefully this is relative to your service. So you might, you know, uh, help people rehab back pain. And what keeps them up at night maybe is the back pain or it maybe is the feeling that they can't go surfing anymore or that they don't do the things that they love. If you're a brand or creative business brand expert or strategist, you might be you know, they might be thinking about their business and that they can't connect with their dream clients. What's keeping them up at night is really important. I think that was a Dan Kennedy saying, um, what keeps your prospects up at night kind of rolling over as they try to get to sleep. Uh, so that's number three. Number four can be uh, who do they, you know, who do they blame for their lack of success? And this sounds a little bit kind of negative, but if you think about it, when you talk to people, you talk to friends just casually, most of the time people won't want to take direct responsibility for something not working. So generally what will happen is people will, you know, say, well, look, I, I, I wanted to do this, but then this happened, or I wanted to do this, but then the government did this, or, you know, this got shut down or this happened, you know, on the news or whatever it is, who do they blame? You know, who do they blame for the challenges or the lack of success? Uh, another one that can be really helpful is what are they skeptical about in your, in your market, in your niche? You know, so if I was back at the running store, this person got sent to me. A lot of people got sent to us. We were a very small store. A lot of people were skeptical about the, uh, the big box running stores that had sold them the, an incorrect shoe in the past. 
So they were served at, say, Rebel Sport or something like that, and they got the wrong shoe. And it happened all the time because at these other stores, they kind of just sell volume. So it's not about uh, really perfect service or perfect fit. So people would end up with shoes that didn't really work for them. And so when they would come in, they might say like, oh, no, I don't like Nike. Like I had some Nikes that really didn't work. And what we knew is that, okay, cool. Like there's a lot of different Nikes and yeah, there might be some common threads, but like some of them are wide, some of them are narrow. We've got flats, we've got, you know, some with a lot of cushioning. So uh, what we're doing there is trying to find out what they're skeptical of, because then when we know this stuff, we can bring it into our marketing and we can talk about it. Uh, and we can even mock you know, from, from or, or jest or, or um, poke fun at the things that they're skeptical about, you know? So it could be, uh, you know, you may have gotten sold some, the wrong shoes from a big box uh, retail store in the past. Like I get it, I got sold, uh, you know, shoes that were three sizes too big. Uh, but so what we're doing there is we're, we're joining alongside our market and we're pointing out that, the skepticism together. And once we do that, we can then talk about, you know, some options and we can see that we're in agreement or at least that we see eye to eye. Uh, the final one that I'll mention is this concept of offhanded comments, like offhanded thoughts. So like, you know, Ruby and I, we, we do work together as well. I get up pretty early and I'll, uh, you know, get up at five and I'll do some work for a while. And for me, it's just a, a you know, really quiet time and pr pretty productive time as well. And so I'll come out of the office at like 7.30, something like that. And Ruby will be up and about doing her thing and I'll come out and I'll, sometimes I'll have something on my mind, I'll come out and I'll just say it. And it'll almost be unconscious. I just got like, hey, like, hey, Ruby, have you heard of this? And that hey ruby have you heard that that thing that i say is what you want to know for your dream clients what is it that's just occupying their mind when they're busy when they're working you know when they just uh you know when they pop their phone down and they say something to someone what is that what's some of these offhanded comments and that's pretty much it. That will set you up. So when you then go to, let's go back, you know, you go to your your message, you go to write some copy, you've got to do an Instagram post. You literally get to take the exact words and put them into your copy. So if we go back to the runner, the running store, I could say to them, you know, um, are you like, is this your, is this your song is like rage against the machine, your spit hill song or something like that. Uh, I get to talk about the things that I know are actually happening. Or, you know, when you turn your, when you turn your uh, iPod shuffle to volume 10 or whatever, as you hit the hill and I can, I can invite them into a story in my copy. And that's all coming from how well I know the market. Okay, so that's it. Let's recap it. In marketing, typically there's three M's. You've got your market, your message, your medium. And today we're really focusing on the market, empathy for the people you seek to serve. Uh, it's not the sexy one. As we've seen, it takes time, it takes energy. 
but you'll build a huge amount of empathy and you'll be able to plug this directly into your marketing, the stuff that you say. So you won't be speaking from your brain uh, and your worldviews. You'll be stepping into the shoes of the people you want to help and speaking to them shoulder to shoulder. And you'll, the result is your stuff will have a lot more resonance. People will really get it and kind of click with what you're saying and it'll make your marketing a lot more fun. So the three things, the three methods that we learned to do it was listening directly to people, inviting them for conversations. Uh, you want to do this every few weeks, you know, go and hang out with people. So you're constantly listening to the market. Number two, actively going over to the forums uh, and checking out the comments and the stories. And number three, asking the partners, watching, listening to the friends, finding out more about the people that you want to serve through those who know them best. If you kind of just, uh, you know, continue to put stuff out and, and come up with stuff in your mind and put it down pen to paper, sometimes it'll hit the mark. A lot of times it will just lie flat and won't really resonate. If you do these three things regularly, get out your calendar now, book in some time to invite your you know, dream clients or prospects or people you love to work with out for breakfast, listen to what they have to say, where they want to go and make some notes. Uh, if you do these three things, you will be crystal clear on your market. You'll know exactly what to say, your copywriting, your videos, your content will be super easy uh, and it'll be a lot more fun as well because you'll open up more interaction with people. That's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure that you subscribe to the show and if it's helpful at all, please send this episode along to a friend and we really appreciate it. Thanks again for listening. I'll see you on the next episode.